Well, we have a, a, a special guest speaker this morning. I was going to make a crack about the Lewis and Clark expedition and, and how he was there, but I'm not going to do that, actually. Christ Center was founded in 1975, but I'm not sure it was really, really the way that God wanted it to be until Red Crab joined several years later after he met Jesus and then became a pillar in this house for Pastor John uh, and then for, for, well, the entire congregation. And he continues to be that both for me and Pastor Joshua and, and, and Janelle and Jeff and all of us. Um, so I want to introduce the youngest member of Christ Center's pastoral team, the senior associate pastor, Red Crab. Tighten your seatbelts. I've got about a month's worth to say in 20 or 25 minutes, so we'll, we'll go for it, okay? Father, today, we're excited about what you're doing. Father, I thank you for my two little sisters here and what they have sold out to you. And I bless you for it. Thank you for this body that is so generous and so much in love with missions to get the work done that you've called us to do. So let your word be today, not information, but revelation. In Jesus' name. Now, I don't have a smartphone. Now, mine may be smart, but I'm not smart enough to know if it is or not. I don't know how to Twitter, tweet, Facebook. So we just have to do the old-fashioned way. I'm going to read it, and then you have to go and study it and make sure I told you the truth. How's that? (laughs) Savannah, you named my sermon today. My sermon is Identity Crisis. And she said she found her identity. My desire is that we all find our identity. And could I get a little less light up here? Uh, That's really bright. And... uh, I want to go back. You know, I was listening to a radio program or TV program, and they were advertising LifeLock. I don't know if you know what LifeLock is. I didn't, but I do now. And if you lose your identity, if you have purchased LifeLock, then they will go spend a million dollars to help you get your identity back and replace everything you've lost. That's a pretty good deal. And today they say people are getting their identities stolen and if you've been listening to the news, reading the newspapers, uh, there's no such thing as privacy anymore. So I got, I was thinking about that. I was in the shower and I thought, that's what's wrong with the church. We've lost our identity. We have let the world tell us who we are rather than let the word tell us who we are. So I went back and you know where you lose your identity, life lock goes back to where you lose it and they trace it back. We lost our identity in the Garden of Eden. Our forefathers, Adam and Eve, they were walking, talking with God. They could have total access to him. They had everything they needed. All their, all their provisions were met. And God said, go, multiply. Just keep doing this thing, this beautiful thing. Because he said it was good. But then this sneaky thief, deceiver, came along and deceived them into thinking that God's not really, and you've heard Pastor Joshua and Pastor Jason, God's not really as good as he said he is, and and you're not really who you think you are. 
Let me tell you who you are. And at that moment, when Adam sold out, Satan and became the God of this world. And then, you know, the scripture says, you are of your father, the devil. And at that moment in time, our spiritual man died. And, but we were still not dead, but we were dead. And God looked at that and said, he has stolen their identity. I've got to get their identity back. And there was a plan put in. He said, you know, he told Satan, he said, one of these days, they're going to crush your head with their heel. I believe we're in that generation that God's called. He's called all generations. But I think we're one of the privileged ones that get to really put the hammer down on what Satan's done. And once you understand who you are and how much God's invested in you, you'll want more. What Wendy was prophesying a while ago, come closer, come closer, come closer. He's talking to us. He's already as close to you as he can get. He lives in you. But he wants you to recognize that. We basically became orphans in a world, aliens. And God said, and, and John, uh, I'm going to read these. And if you want these scriptures, uh, I can give them to you. But... They're, out of the new, uh, they're not out of the King James Version, so it's not Paul's Bible, but it's out of the, the, new, living, the uh, new American Standard, and that's fairly close. Anyway, John 1, 5, 9 said, The whole world lies in the power of the evil one. Now, how many knows there's a lot of evil going on in this world today? That's why we have to find out who we are. Because it said, when sin abounds, what's supposed to happen? Grace abounds even more. My love abounds even more. But how's he going to do it? He can only do it through the church. Because the church, which is us, we're not the church. We're just part of this wonderful body of Christ that's worldwide in Uganda and in India and all the places. But we get to be a part of that if we understand what he's invested in us. John, 1 John 3, 8, the Son of God appeared for this purpose, that he might destroy the works of the devil. Now, how many of you know Jesus is not here in person anymore? The Holy Spirit is here. Where does he live? How does, where does he abide? Raise your hand. I'm a, someone who say, I am a temple of the Holy Spirit. He lives in me. That's, and that's the church when we put it together. No power on earth is as strong as the power of the church, unified, knowing who they are in Christ. The, uh, John 10, 10 said, the thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy. Jesus said, I may come that you may have life and have it more abundantly. So if we're not having abundant life, what's happening? We're being stolen from. And you can only be stolen from if you don't know who you are. If you knew the thief was coming, you'd be high, you would never leave your window open. But sometimes as believers, we leave the windows open because we are not prepared to do battle against the evil one because we don't recognize we have the authority Colossians 1, 12 through 14 says, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us 
What does the word qualified mean? That means you're qualified. That means you're able, you can, you're, you're ready, you've been prepared. Giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to share in the, in the inheritance of the saints in light. For he delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Did, how many sins did Jesus forgive when he went to the cross? How many? Did that leave any unforgiven? Not if he got them all. Now, is there still a sin problem in the world? Yes. Why? We don't know our identity. We don't know our identity. We get more, we get more talking more about our sin than we do about our righteousness. And what does the word say? He made him who knew no sin to be sent on, I say our, but I'm going to say your, and my behalf, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Now, if I ask you a question, now you don't have to answer. How many of you are sinners? No, you're not. No, you're not. Your sins are forgiven. Good grief. What are you? Who are you? You're the righteousness of God in Christ. Now that, doesn't, that isn't based on your actions now. If I, if I judged your actions, I'd probably say you're right. But that's not what God judges. He judges us on what Jesus did on our behalf when he went to the cross. He sees us as he sees Jesus. Why? Let me tell you. It's here somewhere. That for the one who joins himself to the Lord is one spirit with him. That is 1 Corinthians 6, 17. Okay, so how do you join yourself to the Lord? It says, believe in the name and believe in the Son. Believe that he's who he says he is. Ask him to come into your heart. You get sealed by the Holy Spirit. That's a promise. If you get sealed and he said you've accepted, you have joined yourself to Christ, so what are you? When you join, you're one. Are you getting it? You're getting what he put in you? He said, the Father, Son, the Holy Spirit, we moved in when you said, come into my heart and be my Savior. I believe you're the Son of God. He came in. You're one with him. So everything he has is yours. Remember, you're joint heirs with Jesus. A joint heir means that you're equal. Now, don't get me wrong, I am not equal with Jesus. But based upon the word, based upon what my father sees, he sees me as he sees Jesus because what? I'm one with him and we're seated at his right hand. Folks, that is a powerful, powerful uh, place to be. Why? It's the place of authority. Okay? The... Then it goes on to say in, in John 1.16, of his fullness we have received grace upon grace. You know, now you think about that. Of whose fullness? Jesus. 
You know, the problem we have in this nation or in this culture, I suppose other, this is the only culture I really know. But when I was in, in grade school, they didn't have school back then. It wasn't. And you didn't write well. My teacher had a ruler go and she swatched you on the back of the hand because you didn't make that little curly cue right. Well, it messed my writing up terribly. Janelle can uh, verify that because it makes you nervous. But when we understand, the Father is not going to go when we do something wrong. Because why? He said, the law was given by his servant Moses, but grace and truth came with his son, to, in his son. Think about that. All this stuff over here. What did I have to do in grade school? I was working my, I was working hard <laughs> to, to get, achieve a good grade. And you're taught all your life, work hard, achieve. If you want to go up the corporate ladder, you work hard to achieve. If you want to get good grades, you study hard. If you want whatever, you really have to work for it. That's in, this, that's in the world system. And there's nothing wrong with that in the world system. But what happens, we go and we change identities. We move over into the kingdom of God and we take that work mentality over here. I have to work really hard to get God to love me. I have to read enough, I have to read enough scriptures. I have to quote enough the Bible. I have to do enough prayer meetings. I have to do that. I have to, I have to, I have to, I have to. And it gets discouraging because we can't do it. How many of you have said, I'm going to fast and I'm just going to, and I'm going to press in and I'm going to, and all of a sudden a donut shows up. <laughs> and temptations. And then what do you do? You feel just guilty. You feel condemned. Don't let that enter. That's not who you are. You are the righteousness of God in Christ. You cannot get any more righteous if you the next umpteen billion years when you were with him. You're as righteous today if you've accepted Christ as you will be then. Now the problem we have we try to connect righteousness and holiness together. That they're, they're, they're separate issues. Righteousness is a free gift. He said, I give you the free gift of righteousness. Holiness is what pastor, the pastors have been speaking on. Your lifestyle. Showing the world what's written here. If you haven't changed your lifestyle once you got saved... They, how do they know that you're any different than them? Because your identity, or you're still identifying, I have to work hard. I was uh, driving to the church oh, a while back, and I've been meditating on this and pondering this because I wanted to know who I was. And I wanted to know him. I didn't want to just know about him. I wanted to know him. I wanted to know what he thinks about me. It's in here if you dig. And... He said, when are you going to learn to receive and not achieve? Think about it. If, he, if, if I give you a free gift, what's your responsibility? Just to receive it. 
If I say, I'm going to give you a free gift, but you must do this and this and this, is it free? It's not free. There's strings attached. God attached no strings. Of his fullness you have received and grace upon grace. Can you say amen to that? Can you receive that? Can you believe that? Yeah, you say, yeah, but you don't know how bad I was. I don't care. Why? God doesn't even see it. How do you know? He said, your sins and your lawless deeds, I'll remember no more. You know, how rude would it be if someone had forgot something that hurt them and you kept reminding them of it? If you kept reminding, you keep reminding God of your sin, oh, I'm just an old sinner. People, I guarantee you, you were old and you were a sinner, but no longer. You are a saint who sometimes sin, and he's made provision for that. He said, we have an advocate the, before us and the Father that's taking care of it. You know, I think it goes kind of like this. I, I like to imagine things. Uh, you hit your finger with a hammer and something comes out. You go, where'd that come from? And the Father, and he, don't worry about it, Dad. I've got it covered. I've taken care of that. That's not who they are. They're my righteousness. They're just learning. You know, guys, when we get saved, it's a process. You don't get, you don't get born naturally and take off and dance in the corner with the little kids over here. You have to wait your turn. By the way, if you wanted the Holy Spirit corner, that's it over there when those little guys are enjoying church. I can remember when I was growing up, I grew up in a church that if, if it wasn't sin, whatever you're doing, they'd pretty soon figure out a way to make it sin. Because there was no such thing having fun in church. My mom, because I had red hair then and adventurous and nosy as a little kid. My mama, I had to sit by her and she, and she got right here and boy, she'd just pinch a chunk in my leg if I, was making a, if I was making noise in church. So I thought church was a place if you, you got any noise in it, it was wrong or something, unless it was this sister so-and-so over here who went berserk periodically. But guys, that's not who we are. We are the righteousness of God in Christ. We are one spirit with him. As he is, in 1 John 5, 17, as he is, so are we in this world today. Now, Red, why are you doing this? Why are you concerned about our identity? I'm selfish. Because I know when you learn who you are, there's power. And I know when you learn who you are, God said, I have given gifts of healings, gifts of prophecies, gifts of all kinds of wonderful gifts that's in this body that's not being released because you don't think you're worthy to do it. You don't think God would use you because of all the stuff you've done. Malarkey. That's wrong thinking. You have power. You have authority. Let me ask you this. Now, when Jesus took the disciples, he said, all authority has been given to me. Go, make disciples. Then over the, in Luke, he said, go, heal the sick, 
cast out devils, raise the dead. He tells them what to do. Now, so what does he expect us to do? Was it, do you not remember Jesus Christ who went about doing good, healing all who were oppressed of the devil? If that's who he was, and we, uh, uh, and as he is, it says he was, and he said, I change not, as he is, so are we in this world today. But if you don't know that you're the righteousness of God, if you don't know that you have this authority, the same authority that he's given his disciples is ours, but we just don't know it. And it takes practice using it. And uh, Misty, come here a minute, would you, honey? By the way, this is my adopted granddaughter from about the third grade. <laughs> I had the privilege of getting to stand in for her granddad. Now, Misty is a wonderful young lady. But if I said, Misty, go down there at that stop sign, and that Big Mac truck's coming, put your hand up and stop it. Could she do that? Could she walk up to that truck and say, stop? No, it'd probably be a crispy critter. <laughs> right? Now, this is Misty. She's full of the Spirit of God. She knows, but she doesn't understand yet. Now, let's say that I take a badge and put it there. Police. And she's got a, whatever they carry on their hip. I don't know, it used to be a 45, but that's back in the old days. <laughs> but, uh, but she has that. And so now she walks up and goes, that truck stops. Why? Is it because of her power? It's because of her authority. Thank you, honey. It's because of her authority. Guys, I've heard people say, boy, the devil, man, he's, was it? you've got the bad, you've got the Holy Ghost, you've got the power of God, you've got the ability, use it. Person told me that, boy, the devil's been just chasing me all the way. I said, for crying out loud, turn around. You're going the same direction. Is that you resist the devil, he'll flee from you. If we know our identity. Now this, does this have anything to do with age? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. A little kid can know his authority in Christ and speak and watch what happens. Guys, it is so important to know this. He says this. This is how we get the authority. If anyone loves me, he will keep my word. And my father will love him. And we will come to him and make our abode with him. Guess what? When the devil sees you and you know your authority, what does he see? He sees Jesus. Why? You're one with him. You're seated with him. You have authority with him. Guess who backs you up? Now, if Misty, if that truck decides not to stop, she knows that the city of Junction, Lane County, the state police, and the United States military will back her up if necessary. The problem we have, we don't know that the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit's got our backside. They got us covered if we just exercise our faith and just do it. Now, can you make mistakes? Yep. 
Do it again. How many, how many ladies have cooked? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry I asked that. Uh, most of you have. Have you ever made a mistake? Got something in the wrong and it didn't taste right? So you quit. No, you went back and you corrected it. You know, oh my gosh, I got too much salt or I got too much this or whatever. So the next time you do, that's how it is operating when, how God wants us to operate. If you think you're going to do it perfectly and you're, you're not going to, but that doesn't, that doesn't dismiss the fact that you keep trying. And it does, and you know, uh, Wendy, Wendy was prophesying. You know, sometimes it gets messy, sometimes it gets scary, sometimes it gets, you know, that's true. But what's that got to do with it? You have the authority. You know, I was, you look for opportunities. I was at the Dairy Queen, which is my, generally my office at noon. <laughs> and and uh, oh, that's been a few years back. And one of the girls behind the, the counter there just looked awful, sick her. She just looked like she was just about ready to, and there were people behind me. I didn't, and my heart just went out. I said, honey, are you okay? Oh, man. I said, give me your hands. So I took her hand and just prayed for her and said, Lord, just bless her. You know, this is not right. I mean, it wasn't a fancy prayer. It wasn't something you'd want to write up and say, this is how you do it. I didn't go back for two or three days. When she came around, where you been? I said, well, I, she said, the moment you prayed for me, the symptoms left, and I have been totally well ever since. Well, no, that was not a big deal, but it was for her. But it also was for me. Because I thought, what if I would have said, what are these people going to think of me? You know what I mean, I'm going to embarrass God right here in front of everybody. <laughs> you can't do it, folks. Know who you are. And when you know it, these signs will accompany you. Now this, you think this is just for preachers, pastors. No. This is for you when you know your identity. When you girls on that mission field and you're doing, uh, you're doing evangelistic work, you have as much authority as any pastor that ever walked on planet earth. You're calling. But we just take where he has placed us and use all that he's given us. And that's what makes the church dynamic. That's what makes people come, and come alive and say, wow, what, how, what, how do you do these things? Through him who strengthens me. I can do all things. That's not a prideful thing. That's just telling the truth. It said, uh, and these signs will accompany those who, ha who have believed. How many believers do I have in here this morning? Bless God. If they don't have their hand up, would you turn and lead them to the Lord real quick? <laughs> no, I'm kidding. But that's important for us to know. I'm a believer. I have certain rights and privileges based on the fact that I'm one spirit with, with Jesus. And all authority was given to him. And he entrusted it with us, the church. He said, I'm the head, you're my body. Now, we, we all recognize that Jesus is the head, right? You know what? If I walk in here and, all, and the only thing here is my head, you're, gonna, you're not going to say, there goes red. Because all of me is not here. I have to have a body and a, uh, for my head to work. 
Guess who that body is? You and me. And where's Satan supposed to be? Under our feet. Under our, we're crushing him, not being crushed by him. But if we don't know who we are, if we don't know our identity, he can rob us. I don't care if you're born again for 40 years, you can still get robbed by Satan if you don't use your authority and know who you are. Identity crisis. How's it solved? 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if any man is in Christ, he is new creation. The old things passed away. Behold, new things have come. The moment you got born again, guess what happened? The spirit that died in the Garden of Eden came alive. You became a new creation that has never been before. And you're connected yourself with Christ. You become one with him. With all this potential, authority is yours. And he says... 521, he made him who knew no sin to be sent on our behalf that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Look at someone. This is hard. Find someone, look them in the eye and say this. I am the righteousness of God in Christ. Wow. Now turn, turn and look again. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. God loves me. He made me special. He's put gifts inside of me that haven't been unwrapped yet. I choose to let the Holy Spirit unwrap them. Thank you, Father. Father, I thank you that today there's so much power in this room that you have given us. Thank you for entrusting us with your authority. Father, may we use it wisely to bring your kingdom to bear in every situation. Guys, just because you work on a job that's kind of, you think, this is just a dead-end job. It's not a dead-end job as long as you're doing it as under the Lord. Everything we do, we do it as under the Lord. Whether it's changing a diaper, it's under the Lord. Guys, we want, want, want to get that into our spirit. That there's a whole lot more to us than meets the eye. Now, what's our problem? Our problem is our mind. And Pastor uh, Joshua, or Jason, one of the, I get them confused. I listen to both of them, and when I mix it, then it becomes mine because I don't know who gave it, okay? But when we identify with, with who we are, God will give us more. If you have a gift and you're not using it, he's not going to give you another gift until you use it. Now, I, I don't want to get political at all. But I don't depend on Obamacare or Trump care. I look that we have God care for his people. 
Now, that doesn't mean we don't go to the doctor. Don't get me wrong. But guys, if we understand, he said, lay hands on the sick. How many of us are praying for one another for health? How many of us, are, how many of us may have the gift of healings that are, are dormant within us because we have it, we're afraid to release it? He said there are gifts, not a gift of healing, gifts. I just, Wendy, did you dare somebody? You said, I dare you. I dare you to do this. I dare you to say, God, if they, I want all the gifts in me to be usable. Bring them out. I yield this embarrassment that would come with it. I know that my mind is my, one of my worst enemies because your soul and your spirit are always button heads. But what I'm talking about today, folks, is I don't want it to be information I want it to be revelation. And revelation is when your mind and what's already in your spirit begin to agree and you see it and then you do it. Be a doer of the word and not a hearer. Practice. Practice. God loves you. He wants nothing but the highest and the best for you. But he has to have your cooperation. Amen? Prayer prayer servant teams coming up. If you have, if God has spoken and you think, you know, maybe, maybe I do have that gift. Or God revealed them to me. I'm going to ask the prayer servant team to come up and specifically ask the Lord and agree with you that the gifts that he's placed in you will become evident and the body of Christ would grow and be strengthened so that the world will see we have something that they don't have and they want it. Amen? And also, you know, uh, if you're interested in uh, uh, what these young ladies are, good soil, sow into their ministry, you will reap benefits from it, I'll tell you. And uh, all these young people, us old people have been through YWAM and gone on outreaches, it's changed our lives. If you need a life-changing experience, go to YWAM. It will change your life for the better forever. Amen. Heavenly Father, this morning I thank you that your word is alive and it's active and sharper than a two-edged sword. I ask today, Lord, that revelation comes to each of our hearts, strengthen us, encouraging us to go out and do what you've called us to do. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I finished five minutes early. <laughs> Woo! That's amazing. Bless you. Thank you so much.